Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. I'm so excited to have you here again for part two of The Innocence of Sexuality. Honestly, this is such an interesting topic, isn't it? To kind of delve through the energetics and the just the the ideas that we are presented with when it comes to sexuality and we don't often talk about sexuality as as innocent we are taught that it is anything but innocent but really it's like anything else it's the energy that we come to it with we can come to something with an innocence and a curiosity and be excited to learn and try new things. And that is what makes the big difference. We want to respect each other and be honest and ethical about the way that we do things. We're going to start off at the point where I said we can jump in with both feet and we can always step back, right? Like this is something that we're not going to ruin ourselves if we engage in something in a sexual way. It's no different than other things. You don't get ruined, but for some reason, when you try something that's sexual, we have been trained that now we're ruined, you know? Growing up, losing my virginity was the worst thing that could happen to me before I got married. And Honestly, just the curiosity I had about my body and about sexuality was actually a very innocent, beautiful thing. And I wish I could have explored that without shame and guilt. So I love just the conversation we have. We're going to talk about like growing, um, the growing, like the pains of growing and, and how to manage that and how when we just let ourselves flow through pain and allow it to come on the other side is joy. And it's such a beautiful experience if we allow being open to try new things, um, being aware of, of where something sits in our body. You know, if if we have fears about something, like where where is that sitting in our body? Where's that coming from? Um, opening our hearts to connect is just such a beautiful thing. And, and ultimately sexuality is just a way in which we can open up our heart to connect and open up our bodies to connect with others. And it doesn't have to look any which way it can be how you would like it to be. So listen with an open mind. Again, I love this conversation with Rosanna, Rosie Glow, Hannes, and her links will all be in the show notes, but she is just such 
an incredible mind and, and has a way of looking at things that I think is really valuable. And, um, I just challenge you to think of things in a different way. Before we go into the next part, I do want to share with you about an experience that I've created that is coming up soon. So stay tuned for that little announcement. And then we will continue on with the podcast. So buckle up. Here we go. I love you all. Do I have an exciting opportunity for all of you? Those of you who live near Toronto, this might be just the experience you've been waiting for. Have you considered trying the lifestyle, going to a sex club, or experiencing that kind of thing, but are nervous and don't know where to start? Well, I have something exciting for you. My Empowered Lifestyle Newcomers VIP experience is back, and the next one is November 18th, and I would love for you to come and sign up. The link to sign up for this experience will be in the show notes. You can also find it in my bio on Instagram if you uh, are on my Instagram, if you follow me there, but you must sign up on this website in order to get your tickets, but it's a night of exploration and fun. It's a chance to dip your toes into a new world that offers unlimited possibilities. Sometimes they can be really scary with so many unknowns, but this is why I've created this Empowered Lifestyle Newcomers VIP experience. And it's so important to have a place where you can do this safely. So you might be thinking, what do I wear? Will I know anyone? What happens at these clubs? I'm so nervous. Well, don't worry. All these questions will be answered. This night is about having fun and making amazing new connections, all while feeling very safe and grounded. You don't have to sit by yourself and wonder who you should talk to or what the etiquette is in these situations, because we'll cover all of that. And you won't feel alone in this process. In fact, you will leave having made so many new connections and friendships that you'll wonder why it took you so long to try it out. Are you a single man but don't want to be that guy whenever you go to the club? Well, this night will also enlighten you and help make connections that will shift how you are perceived and how you interact. So this is for couples, for single women, for single gentlemen. All of the above are welcome. So check out the link. I will be there to hold your hand the whole time and talk with you. We have a special VIP section to sit in. We've got bottle service. We have some icebreakers. We get to party at the club and just have a great time. So go to the link and find out what this is all about. I'd love to have you join me. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Okay, we are back. We're going to get right into the interview here, but I just wanted to let you know where we're starting. We're just starting again at that, in the middle, it's kind of a difficult 
to get started back into an interview. But again, I mentioned uh, the idea of jumping in with both feet to try, say, the lifestyle or polyamory or things like that. Um, anything sexually, we can jump in with both feet and we can take a step back and again, dry off our feet and decide that that's not for us. Or we might want to just dip our toes again and just see if we like it. Or sometimes it takes a few times before we know if we really like something. So be kind to yourself. Don't shame yourself. This is where we're jumping in. And my lovely friend Rosanna is just such a sweetheart to me. And so she says some beautiful things to me um, at the beginning too. So anyways, have fun listening to this part of the interview and um, I will see you at the end. Mm-hmm. And I, I think coming back to what you said before about how you can step in and you can step out, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes we need to do that. We yeah. have a, a an experience and it really opens us up and then we need some integration time before mm-hmm. we can then say, well, what do I want to experience next? Mm-hmm. And I, what I love about you is just how much you want energetically to connect with other Mm. in an energetic way right so your heart as I feel you is really open you're not cut and I I want others to be aware of this because you can feel it when someone's creepy you can feel it when someone's Mm. trying to hook into you and it's Mm. having that discernment to go actually I don't want to play that game that's not what Mm. I want and you come from your heart your energy expands so you're inviting people into your energy field and you're wanting to have a sense of theirs Mm. so as you say you're not contracting away Mm. you're coming in with oxytocin and asking if others will meet you there Mm -hmm. it's just beautiful that that to me is raising the bar completely and it's what you say it's ethical non-monogamy right yeah I like your smile on that (laughs) well and I think like you get me on that front and some people are like aren't you scared of getting hurt well I could live in fear of getting hurt or I can expand my heart and realize that I could get hurt by people who aren't for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if I am not open like that, then I would be missing out on these amazing connections that maybe someone who's a little bit more scared would be afraid to open up, but they feel my transparency and they open up and they match my open energy. And then we have this amazing connection. I'd miss out on that. And to me, connection is so important that it's worth the risk mm-hmm. of getting hurt. And I get hurt plenty, but I don't need to dwell on it because, again, my worth doesn't come from them. Mm-hmm. So if they take advantage of me or if they don't see my worth, I I might have a moment where I feel something about that. Sure, I have emotions and I can cry and I get sad about things because Ultimately, it's a lot, a loss of connection to me or mm. a perceived connection. Mm. But then I move on because my world is filled with people that truly see me for who I am because I aspire to see them for who they are. And really, at the end of the day, would you say, would you agree that energy Connecting energetically with people is really about seeing people and being seen. Absolutely. I mean, there's one thing I would say about you is you're not trying to avoid pain, Mm -hmm. right? So many of us are so scared of being hurt that we are trying to avoid pain at all costs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you've had your heart broken once and you've got through it, and I think women generally are a little, Mm -hmm. we're used to 
falling down, getting back up again. I see with the masculine, the wound can really go so much mm-hmm. deeper that it they can really close themselves off. And I'm looking forward because I feel in a previous guise, when I was primarily a yoga teacher earlier in my career, I was very much focused on pregnancy and birth and wanting to teach everybody I possibly could to prevent them being in pain, right? I, I wanted to take, I wanted to prevent pain and take people's pain away. That was, that was, you know, I'd gone through a four day labor myself. I was terrified of giving birth. So my body never relaxed enough to let my baby come into my pelvis. It was all the things that, you know, I, I, so many people experience because they're scared of the unknown, right? Mm -hmm. They're scared. It's going to break them on some level. And when you go beyond your comfort zone, which actually isn't comfortable at all. So it's an uncomfortable comfort zone. It's familiar. Right. But it's not comfortable. And that's our conditioning for many of us. Some of us are really happy. And it's like, cool, if you're happy with your conditioning, great. Right. But if you're not, you're going to have to stretch that comfort zone and then move through it. Right. And that means you are potentially facing annihilation. Like you, you switched. Well, you grew through a tribe. You left a tribe. You left your conditioning. You went into something bigger and you had to accept that that wasn't going to be everyone's, you know. And it was so lonely for a while, right? Like it really was. Yeah. So that, this this experience of moving beyond the tribe that you know is enough Mm -hmm. to stop most people in their tracks. It's huge. When you decide that life isn't about avoiding pain at all costs, Mm -hmm. it's actually about learning to manage pain, to move through pain, just like in a labor you don't, tense up against the contraction but you learn to breathe into it to relax into it so so is the truth with any experience where there is that desire to connect and maybe it's a temporal connection it's not an eternal one because our Mm -hmm. eternal ones to our souls and the divine and that's it so we are aware of the finiteness of being in human bodies and i think when you are opening to exploring beyond the main relationship there is a lot more transiency to get comfortable with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are more, more connections, but that doesn't mean that it has to be more painful. It's about leaning into what you would normally contract away from, right? Well, let's a- go back to your birth analogy there because I've had three, two home births and three with a midwife and no epidurals or pain meds with, with any of them. In fact, I pulled each of them out. and. And wow. the the beauty of that, like I had taken what's called the Bradley method. Um, and so it's like sleep imitation. And the mm. reason I mention it is because I had to learn to completely relax on command every muscle of my body. And when I was in extreme transition pain, mm. I didn't even realize that I was in transition because I had learned to relax every muscle at the point of pain so much, not that it was pain-free, but Mm. like I wasn't one of these yelling people during birth because I could breathe through it. And if I relaxed, the pain was bearable to the point where my midwife didn't think I was ready to come in, but I was actually going through transition. I was having contractions less than five minutes apart. I still was half an hour from the hospital. So when I got there, I was like eight and a half, nine centimeters dilated. Mm -hmm. She's like, are you ready to push your baby out? I was like, what? What do you mean? I just got here, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I went through that whole, the most difficult part of labor and it was back labor the whole time. And I didn't know. And all I'm saying is that 
by relaxing and allowing the flow of the pain to go through my body, I was able to manage the pain because a, a relaxed muscle is not tense and tension is what hurts, right? So I love that your analogy is saying, you know, like if we allow the pain and just sort of relax through it, it's much less severe. Whereas if we hold on to this pain and we go, that's too painful. I can't let go of this pain. I can't let go of what they did to me. I can't Mm -hmm. let go of this. We never get through to the other side where we see the beauty of of the the newborn, right? Like to move through that and like, that pain is so temporal in the second that they were born. It was like that pain was gone. It really was gone. And it's like going through painful things is like birthing a child. It's like you are birthing a new experience, a new um, stage in your life, a new relationship, but it all, there has to be pain in the process because if we experience pain, we then can experience tremendous joy. But if mm. we're like, if we never have pain, we'll never have super high joy either. Like it'll just be sort of like, you know, and we like strong and steady mm. and strong and steady is great, except for strong and steady are often people that are unwilling to really feel emotion. Mm-hmm. So they don't feel the highs and they don't feel mm. the lows they are pretty steady. And that maybe works for them. For yeah. me, that's not enough for me. <laughs> and I, I mean, let's, let's take that birth analogy a little bit further because you're you know the extremes are there for us to learn it's like the different colors in the palette right mm-hmm. there's a, a term which is holding lightly so this is like a mudra from my yoga days and you literally there's space between your fingers you're not mm. clenching yeah, you're yeah. holding everything you desire and long for and you're experiencing very lightly because everything is transient change is constant yes. And when you come back to pain and how much is necessary in the experience, mm-hmm. so let's just imagine, again, the birth analogy. One, you have religious conditioning that says you should feel pain in labor because this comes down to the sins of Eve and right, everything right, right. else, right? So yep. there's there's this projected pain, inherited pain. Then you've got the fear of the unknown, which manifests as more contraction, more pain. Then you have the infinite wisdom of our medical system, not that loves to put women on their backs to give birth so they can see what's going on. So you're getting a problem (laughs) with the positioning, three layers of pain, right? Then you've got um, the the fact that actually you want pain relief because you don't want to feel pain. So you're going to feel a different type of pain later. It's a different type of pain, but it's still pain, right? As you heal. And then beyond those four layers, I think we've got two. Fifth one is like you, as you say, like, learning how to just relax your body in terms of the physiological thing that is going on. So no attachment to any belief, no attachment to any, just the experience that your body is being stretched to allow a baby out, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We've we've talked about five layers of pain there. Now use that as an analogy to birthing yourself into an authentic relationship with your sexuality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to go through that inherited conditioning that says it's bad it's wrong mm-hmm. you got to go through what we learn about sex which isn't it weird we all have sex but how often do we have genuine deep conversations about it very infrequently 
We get our sex education from magazines. Well, you will. You have. Like, <laughs> I love having these conversations. Yeah, though, but yeah. most people don't, right? No, you they might, don't. You might see a porn movie and think, "Oh, that's how people have sex." So that's the no. analogy of going on the on the bed, as a, you know, for the right. doctor. That's how it's all done in all yeah. the movies. They're laying on their backs having a baby. <laughs> exactly, and then you, you know, we'll use the anesthesia as the example I gave you earlier of you know numbing out to be able to be present, right? right but then right. that hurts you more later because you weren't really present, right? Right. And then you've got, you know, the the fear of the unknown, which you contract against. So instead of being fully present in the experience, you're imagining all sorts of things that might happen and could happen. And you're so busy trying to protect yourself and that, that you're not actually in the experience you've chosen to bring in. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's four layers. The fifth one was just the physiology. So mm-hmm. for us, one, you can't have pain and pleasure at the same time. It's really weird. The brain will either equate it as pain or pleasure, even though it could be really extreme, right? That's one. Well, really- there's a point where pain is the same as pleasure and it's like it flips. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. even in sex, you know, you'll notice that it's like painful, 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 and then it just flips mm-hmm. to pleasure. <laughs> Nobody talks about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the same receptors. It's just how your brain perceives it. Exactly. <laughs> Fear and excitement, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. It's the same physiological response. It's just how you perceive it. So coming back to the innocence of sexuality, if you took all those layers away, you looked at what could make this easy for us to, to be safe in ourselves, to respect ourselves, respect each other, to allow ourselves to say, I'd like to experience this actually and not be ashamed or embarrassed about it and I remember a situation like this I remember being in a situation where I ended up in a room I said I'd never go into so the dungeon downstairs Mm -hmm. of of a you know a club that my now husband was DJing at and um (laughs) I kind of like had some social lubricants let's just leave it there and by the time (laughs) I was like get me downstairs I want to see what's going on down there I'm curious right Mm -hmm. and there was this chair And okay, there was like, you know, whipping, like, you know, there was benches and all sorts of things, but there was this chair, which kind of looked like a gyne chair, right? Mm. Oh, but it's got leather studs and it looks cute. And I wanted to get into it, but I was too scared to ask. Mm. And he looked at me looking at it. He's like, you want to get in there? I was like, actually, yeah, I do. I had to close my eyes and just totally be somewhere else. But I ended up in a situation I've never been in since, right? But it was the horniest, sexiest most intense like Mm. if I ever need to go back in my head to anything it was just off the scale right Mm. I needed that I don't need to do it again Mm -hmm. for me I don't need to but I needed that then yeah and it was actually about bringing a bit of me forward that I had shut in a box that I said you're dangerous you cause problems if you come out you'll wreck marriages you'll do this you'll do that so you stay here right so I I talk about this a lot with my clients. I'm glad you said that because like this goes back to sort of this inner child work. Um, if you if you talk about like as a parent, your child's acting up and you're like, that kid is being bad. Or if you're a teacher in in school, which I sometimes supply teach. And so these kids that are acting out, we tend to want to just go to your room and get away, go. And does that ever solve the problem? No. Mm -hmm. Like when we see that person and we go, okay, I see you. I hear you. You're acting out because you don't feel seen. You don't feel heard. 
and you probably feel shame for who you are. And so you're just going to put up a fuss just to be seen, maybe not in the right way. There's parts of us that do that as well. It's like this screaming child that's just whining and like, mom, 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 mom. And we keep saying, go to your room, go to your room. But the second Mm -hmm. you go down on your knees and go, yes, sweetie, what is it that you need? What's going on for you? That child becomes an angel. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden they're just like, they calm down inside and they're like, oh, I just needed a hug or, or it's like no big deal. But here we've thought it, it was this big thing all the time, you know? And so this part of you that you thought was like negative and bad or whatever, once you let it out, it didn't come to torment you anymore. <laughs> You're like, okay, good. It didn't do anything bad. It just taught me a bit of me that I needed to love and actually exactly. own. Yeah. Because when we come back to innocence and sexuality, when we come back to feeling empowered in our sexuality, yeah. when we look at our authenticity and we explore sensuality and sexuality, I think we can all see, I hope we can all see the difference between I'm going to use the example of a woman, but this could apply to any gender Mm -hmm. or not. But a woman who is, she knows who she is. She knows what she loves, what she doesn't love. She's comfortable with her sensuality and sexuality. It's not that it's not all on show any more than it's hidden, right? It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, she doesn't have to have every bit of flesh showing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless she chooses to, right? It's it's just there. But there's a really big difference between a woman like that and for me, an example is Helen Mirren. You know, she's much older now, like than than I am. Well, I say much, probably not that much older. <laughs> Couple twenty years, maybe. And she is so sexy. So she's an English actress. I don't know if, if you know who she is, mm. but she is really a really beautiful woman. She's not really had. She's not gone down the route of any kind of um, aesthetics. But that's not a judgment for people who yeah. do. It's just yeah. she's really comfortable in her own skin yeah. and vulnerability. Now, when you look at the other side of that, which is um, what I see a lot of like fake sex, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, look at me. Oh, I'm sexy. Oh, or even the allure of trying to allure someone. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, when I look at this energetically in someone, it's like, OK, I don't feel like I'm enough. I think that's why I am so turned off by porn. Yeah, me too. I can't. I can't. I can't, watch I can't stand it. it. Doesn't do anything for me. In fact, I look at it and I'm like, "Ew, gross." Ew. And it's, it's like because it's not energetically for me. Like it's a show. It's not authentic for to me. Now there's there's feminist porn. There's other porn that's just like the story, and you're not necessarily seeing everything, um, but you're you know that there is a connection between the people and that's the stuff that turns me on, right? Like, like this connection between people. So I think it's really important and and there's nothing wrong with being turned on by the porn, you know, that, that is this, it can be the fantasy to you, but I think we need to recognize that it has its place and that it's not necessarily reality and it's not necessarily authentic. And if we can put that in the right container, um, we can understand and not try to compare our own sex to porn sex. Like we can have fun trying to do some of those things, but like the second you expect real life sex to be like porn, you have an authenticity issue because now you've got an expectation that isn't necessarily real. Um, and sometimes that can be problematic and I, you know, and, and, and back to what you were saying, um, this whole idea of like 
a couple weeks ago, I had a, a talk with Xavier Kane, and we talked about shame and how shame, like it was a journey away from shame, but how shame affects things like addiction, right? So mm. like the second we shame a part of ourselves, it's like we can't stop thinking about that, you know? So like, like the side of us, let's say the side of us who um, wants kink or something and, and likes likes something about kink, but if we shame ourselves about it, we're going to keep thinking about it, keep thinking about it, and we're going to feel bad about it. And then we're going to possibly judge other people who are doing that freely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to either start watching it in secret and not tell anyone. And therefore then it becomes an addiction only because it's secret. Yeah. Because it's trying to numb the shame behind it. But if all of a sudden you could acknowledge it and be like, you know, like sex isn't bad or kink isn't bad. I can try it out. I can experience it and then go, Oh, I thought I wanted that more than I did. Mm -hmm. And, and now it's not going to be an obsession anymore. Or, Oh, I really like that. I'm going to make sure that I find people who are also energetically aligned with that no shame towards that and complete respect and and empathy. And just a quick note, I mention this sometimes when it comes to kink. That's a whole different world. And a lot of people who are in the dom sub like they they see kink and they see doms and they see sub submissives, they think doms are just controlling or, oh, I'm a dom because I like to be in control. Well, if your need to control comes from a sense of validation, you're not going to be a good dom because an actual dom realizes that he's not in control or she's not in control, that the submissive is the one who is actually in control. And the dom is someone who is very empathetic and aware and kind and loving towards the submissive. And that's the only way that it works. Otherwise, it's abuse. Yeah. No, well, look, I've seen some very interesting connections with people in the kink scene. And I think there's really conscious kink and there's really unconscious kink, just like anything else. Yeah, right. Exactly. So as we're navigating through all of these extremes and finding our authentic expression, because it's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. I want to add no guilt, no blame, no shame mm-hmm. and judgment. And when I say no, this is again, isn't an instruction. It's those emotional states, those feeling states are an indicator of conditioning. Right. So if you take them away and you say, well, why don't we turn judgment into curiosity? Yes. And we have some real basic like don't hurt myself, don't hurt others, don't hurt the environment or be kind to myself. Flip it around. Be kind to others. Be kind to the environment. That's just your general boundary to, you know, see where you're at against. Right. And I think that I what I what I find really disheartening is when you know there's a really big difference between someone who's a sex worker because they're being trafficked right versus someone who genuinely is doing something because they love it right yes now I still might not love it (laughs) I might not love watching it or participating but if they're happy in what they're doing then good for them right Mm -hmm. so for us in this exploration when we come to releasing shame from it all, we're really just saying, I love what you just said about addiction and shame, because that's the whole point. If you stop shaming the things that you want, you desire and you want to experience, whether it's a habit, whether it's a sexual experience, whether it's, you know, substance, whatever it may be, all the while you've got judgment around it, it has hold on you. 
all the while you get curious about it and say, well, okay, where is this taking me in myself? What is this bringing up for me? What are the beliefs that this is activating in me that I want to bring to light? Is this a belief I want to energize? Is this a belief that I want to transmute and change, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would love to see, because I I have been to a couple of tantra workshops, et cetera, um, Mm -hmm. with my partner and my husband even. And as I said, I feel energetics and I would love to see group play be even more conscious than that, as in I would love to see everyone kind of being guided through an initial meditation at the start, um, visualization of bringing their own energy in and being really clear in their intention, connecting Mm -hmm. in in all ways to the earth and to source so that their energy is sovereign to start with. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of whatever is taking place, you know, whether it's a workshop, a weekend, an evening, that we return to that sovereign energy. There's an opening up and a closing down. And that I would be so excited. Like there's a bit of me, and Ian and I do talk about this. <laughs> I would love to to host parties myself, right? But mm-hmm. the, the idea that I have behind that is to allow there to really be the highest level mm-hmm. uh, that I am aware of that yeah. people who are spiritually open or maybe more sensitive to others' energy, whether you call mm-hmm. yourself an emotional empath or a starseed or whatever, that we could actually it's an exploration of intimacy. That's what I would call it and play and that there are different elements. So if there's a cuddle puddle room, then there's a, you know, I'd so hundred percent be on board with that. I think we should include that in my freedom, um, breaking free sexually. I want to have a retreat called breaking free sexually and, and bring in all these different elements of, um, you know, tantric and mm. um like i have someone um moritz who is one of my guests a little while back and he him and his wife actually f- uh, facilitate energetic meditation which is also called um the 15 minute orgasm the um <laughs> oh it's just it's so exciting and i've always wanted to try that i've heard things about it and it's like such a connection of energy and the focus is on the woman's just to the upper um, right of her clit and you just circle very, very gently there. But there's a whole process of sort of like the way that you sit with your partner and the way they admire the woman's body and her sexual, her sexualness, her, her sexual organs and anatomy and her energy. Like it's just such a beautiful process from what I've studied and I would love to experience it. And I would love for people to get to experience it from someone who really um, knows that. So like, I love what you're saying too, about like, like I always say like two whole people coming together is such a fabulous energetic, right? Like, because you're not coming with a a hole inside of you that needs to be filled. You're coming. Excuse the pun. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even see that one. Yeah, not not okay. a hole that shouldn't be there. Not an energetic <laughs> hole. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you know, Corinne, just to speak to that quickly, I'm with you. And like, for example, this is a beautiful example. And as anyone's listening, some of us are really, really high sensitive. So as I said mm. to you, I, you know, I work, I'm a star seed. I work with star seeds. And there's something about the memories we bring with us. And this is a whole other level, right? But 
for you, this 15 minute orgasm, you know, focusing on this one area sounds delicious and lovely, right? And you really want to explore it. For me, I can imagine nothing worse, right? Even though I'm spiritually open and all the rest mm-hmm. of it, like the idea is like, oh, don't you dare touch me like that there. Like that just feels way too invasive and mm. I don't want it, right? In the same way, and this is the thing about tantric practitioners, not practitioners, but tantric practices, is we can, with any practice, we can get like, we must do it like this. This is the right way yeah. to do it. And the teachers yeah. get really good at doing it this right yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I've been at at places and I've seen things demonstrated, because I'm psychic and and you know I'm an intuitive, things can I can see things that mm-hmm. you know take me into other dimensions, other places. Not everyone has this, but if you do, just be aware that you know I'm I'm speaking to that right. And there'll be an instruction given. And I'm like, I do not want that. Do not mm-hmm. do. It. I don't want it energetically, and I don't want it physically. That mm-hmm. is not something you're going to do. Right. And this this is the thing about us being authentic, Mm -hmm. even in spaces where we're going to learn from others, Mm -hmm. is if our beingness contracts towards something that is not for us and Mm -hmm. we do not have to do it. And that is okay. Mm -hmm. And that is when you need your inner mom and inner dad to hold you Mm -hmm. as inner child and go, actually, no. Yep. I'm going to do it this way for me. And that is okay. Well, and that comes from having a process of curiosity ahead of time, right? Like, like if you just contracted everything, which is, which is a problem for a lot of people with sex because the trauma makes, makes their bodies contract to anything new or whatever. And so they're, they're in a place of fear. But if you've done the work of like being curious about why something would not work for you, or you understand why your body contracts and, and that is not something that energetically works for you. That's a whole different thing than just being like rebellious and being like, no, I'm not doing what you say. Mm -hmm. That's a different energy, right? It can be like, you know, and I think like being open to know who we are. And, and again, the way we energetically, like, I'm not all about the words of how we communicate to people. I'm about the, like, where it comes from, right? Like, where's the place that it comes from? And last week we had, a, a the podcast was about safety and creating safety in relationships from the heart. Mm. And, you know, it's an opening of the heart. It doesn't matter how, how much you value honesty. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel safe sharing your truth with someone, you're not going to, even if you value honesty. Because mm-hmm. self-preservation often wins. <laughs> yeah, well, right? it always wins. It, it does. Wins. And and if you are someone who is saying that you're curious, but really you're just judging someone and and you're blaming them by sharing your truth, like what's your purpose behind sharing that? They're going to feel unsafe too. And they're not going to want to be in a place of listening and being open and holding space for you. So we just have to check where our our energetics come from to begin with, right? For any of these decisions. Absolutely. And I think this is really key. So for someone who's just opening up to the idea, they're curious, but there is a lot of contraction in general to everything. Last thing they want to do is throw themselves into the fire, right? Right. Like it's all about incremental. So when I'm working with my clients to sort of take them from the fear matrix to divine matrix, from their conditioning to their sovereign truth, We have to firstly take a journey from the head into the body Mm -hmm. and start to create some safety in the body because there's all this cellular memory, whether it's directly experienced 
or inherited cellular memory, which we talked about, the conditioning in the womb, which isn't your mum's, by the way, or your grandmother's, or your great-grandmother's, or your great-great-grandmother's. It goes so far back, and it's not just the feminine line, because the placenta is made entirely from the male DNA. So you get mum and dad, mum and dad, mum and dad, intergenerational stuff being passed on. The more it is, what the more... What do they say? Neurons that fire together, wire together, right? So this whole thing about how these patterns keep playing out. So the first journey from, I'm thinking I want something different to my conditioning is, okay, let's just see how safe my body feels about this. And it's actually non-sexual touch initially, right? It's just creating that safety. From that, which I think of your cuddling as as an example, (laughs) then we can start to access the heart as we bring to light the, the tension in our body and we start to, to re- resolve and dissolve that through experiences repatterning our memory. Mm-hmm. From the access to the heart, then we can bring our soul consciousness mm-hmm. through way more fully, right? Mm-hmm. And then you are literally shining your soul light through your body. And I don't know, oh, I haven't got my cards here with me. I'll send you a picture of something that you might want to share with everybody. But this, just imagine the light shining from our yonis, right? So from our, I don't want to call it vagina because that's a term that's actually derogatory to women, believe it or not, right? Like when you actually look at how it was termed. Well, we could say vulva. Vulva or yoni. So the light shining out of our yoni, the light shining from our breasts, the light shining from the palms of our hands and the soles of feet and the crown of our head and our anus is even like the energy's flowing through us and we're just open, right? And how that's how we all connect to each other. That's mm-hmm. how we're all one light, one love. But we have to firstly come back to our individualness and discover what's truly true for us, which is yeah. where our society is at the world, where everyone's, you know, there's more genders, you know, more, more sexual orientations than I've ever thought could possibly exist, yeah. right, in this day and age. And the same with um, the neurodiversity that's now being explored. Mm-hmm. It's like, who's, mm-hmm. who's normal these days, right? Yeah, there right. Is, <laughs> what is normal? But we, we need to do this separation piece and self-identity piece before we feel comfortable and confident to come together with others and not lose who we authentically yeah, are. Exactly. You and cannot- at the end of the day, like this, like coming from our head into our bodies, like we've been programmed from such a young, a young age to just like, just, you know, swallow that or or just don't think about it or don't feel it, push it down. Mm-hmm. And people are so uncomfortable with discomfort that even our parents, you know, it's like, don't cry, don't cry, don't do this. I love to cry. That is like my healing. You know, they, <laughs> my friend did this post a little while ago and um, she talks about chronic pain. And she said she compared um, crying to orgasm mm-hmm. and orgasm is super, super powerful for the body. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's very healing, but she's like crying is actually even more potent and powerful than orgasm. More beneficial. Wow. It is. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting. And, and people are like, you know, I felt like I was so too emotional my whole life, but you know what? I cry. I get things out of my system and I don't dwell on things. I don't hold on to things. And that's because I've always allowed myself to cry and work through something. It's like, you know, letting that flow through me. Um, And the times when I hold on to resentment and when I make assumptions about things is when I feel the worst in my life, you know, and I can feel the tension in my body. And um, 
you know, I'm not going to say that I, I, like I've dealt with severe depression. I'm on medication for that. Um, and so I've gone through that where I was crying every day and I couldn't understand. I was like, why am I crying about this? Why am I crying about that? I just, I was drowning at that point and I just couldn't even get my head above water to be able to release it, you know? And so sometimes we need help. Sometimes we get too far in this pain and we can't regulate ourselves and we don't know how anymore and we just feel lost. Um, And that's the beauty of like knowing yourself and going, okay, well, that's not my normal me. That's not the healthy me. There's something bigger here. And so I'm going to grab a life raft for a moment. Mm -hmm. No shame in that, which I had to cry that one out. (laughs) Mm-hmm, I can't mm-hmm. take any drugs. That's shameful. That's not natural. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. But I needed them. I needed mm-hmm. them just to be able, you know, just like it's a life raft. I, I just got to the surface and I could see the shore and I could see the end and I could be like, okay, now I can work on healing and figuring out what it was. And, and so much of that was this codependence I had, um, for my ex-husband and this programming that I had. And so, I was blaming him for so many things that he wasn't giving me. And I wasn't even able to speak without blame about what I needed. I didn't even know what I needed. I didn't know who I was anymore. Mm-hmm. And just that sort of that breaking apart and also dealing with the the idea, the shame that that it's a failure if your marriage fails. Well, that's not failure. It's bravery if you realize that you're holding each other back from being your true selves and you're you were on the same path. It was married 25 years. I think wow. that we gave it a very good go and we're not enemies. We still live in the same house, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we, you know, we can be civil with each other. We can be there for our children. And, you know, I, I feel like that's a win, but we both get to be our authentic selves and we're much better people as a result. And I don't have to stress about, him meeting my needs. I get to meet my own needs. I get to call the shots and then I get to reach out to the people that I love and I can depend on for other needs that I can't meet on my own. And I don't have to demand it of people and not one person has to meet all of my needs. And I think that that's what people don't understand about non-monogamy is that we no longer limit the expectation of what is right and wrong from people, you know, like you might choose to be monogamous, which is totally fine. But I think in that you understand that it's not your job, your husband's job to meet your needs and fulfill you. You get to have other friends. You get to do, it might be girlfriends. It might be guy friends. It doesn't matter. There is a understanding that mononormative thinking is that your partner is your everything. Jealousy Mm -hmm. equals love. Mm -hmm. You know, sex is sacred. And so it can't be shared with anybody else because then it's Mm -hmm. meaningless. Mm -hmm. All these bullshit things that we have been programmed to believe keep us stuck and and not truly authentic. I was dead inside for years because I wasn't allowed to have my guy friends. That's all I had growing up is guy friends Mm -hmm. because girls were shit to me. Mm -hmm. They judged me on every level and they didn't understand my being authentic and real and my open heart wasn't mm-hmm. just me flirting. It was mm-hmm. me being me. Mm-hmm. And the guys seemed to understand that and accept that about me, but I must've been threatening to them because they couldn't be themselves because they were programmed a certain way, you know? So like now 
I get to have my guy friends. Now I get to be who I am. And there's no rules as to, you know, what kinds of friendships I can have. They get to be whatever I've decided that they get to be. And I work with my partner to decide what he's comfortable with. And I get to choose if I want to appease him, which I don't like to do, or if we work through it, or if I am willing to just, you know, recognize if something he's working through, if I can make it easier for him to work through something and we do it together as partners, it's not because I have to, it's because I choose to, because I'm an empathetic, loving person. It's not because I'm losing myself and being controlled as partners. We get to inter depend on each other. And that means that we get to be sensitive to the people that we love and we don't just get to go, Oh, well, the rules of non-monogamy mean that everybody's equal and you don't, da, 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 you don't get to call the shot. Hold up. What, what are our rules? <laughs> right. We get to decide what works for us. Yeah. And then you get to be, and I've talked about this in another podcast, you know, then you get to state what your level of, of energy is for others, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So, I think you've, you've said so many beautiful things there. And I think in particular, this whole piece around, when we recognize we've outgrown a relationship and actually it has served a purpose, but particularly when their children involved, so many people stay together for the sake of the kids or because they've spent so long together or, you know, whatever the reason is, you are never going to have the freedom you want. You're never going to have the experience of feeling autonomous. If you don't go through that fear barrier and that pain barrier of actually I am, I am responsible for my own happiness. Yeah. No one else is. I am responsible for my own fulfillment. No one else is. That doesn't mean that you don't have exchanges with others, but you make you the primary focus right. and not others trying to fill you up, quote unquote. Right. And right? I think that that goes both ways too. Like, like my responsibility is to go, I'm responsible for my happiness. My responsibility is not to tell you you're responsible for your happiness. No, no, absolutely. That, that is taken very extreme. And yeah. that has happened where with this like independent culture, oh, you're responsible for your happiness, not yeah. me. And therefore we get to like wash all responsibility to our partners. And it's like, no, when we're in a partnership, we choose that partnership. It doesn't mean we sacrifice everything, but we get to input into people's happiness. And if we think that if we act in a way that their happiness is only up to them, then we're a shitty partner. There's no compassion there. Like there you have to have compassion and you compassion do. means you care about the other person, yeah. right? There's a consciousness. And although you know intrinsically you cannot be responsible for their energy and they cannot be responsible for yours, you know you can either be helpful, as you said, in helping yeah. them to resolve or integrate something or antagonistic. Mm-hmm. And if you reject, abandon, or betray because you're not getting what you want in any moment or someone is challenged that you care about, then this is the layers. This is the stuff that comes up. Right. And this is where we need to come into our hearts again and recognize that we can either go around going, well, I've chosen not to be monogamous. So I could do whatever I want, whenever I want. And if you've got a problem with it, Mm -hmm. fuck you. Then we're talking about again, that independence myth, right. Which is a form of self-protection. Well, And then your relationships are going to, they're going to show that and they may not last long and you might not have deep connections. You'll have what it is that you're, you're being, you know, if you're, if you're being like, this is about me and, and this connection, then that's what you're going to do. So I just realized what time it is. 
It's time to, to go because I'm supposed to be on another call. <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> bless you. <laughs> it's okay. It's not, it's not with a client. So we're all good. Um, but thank you so much for coming. And I've so enjoyed this conversation. I love all the places we went. I'm so passionate about this stuff. And I, I really have always enjoyed our talks. And um, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Can you tell us where we can find you? And yeah, I will sure. put all this information in the show notes. But yeah, I'd love to hear. So I, w- I work with, you know, depending on on who I'm working with, there are different places to go. But what I would invite everybody to know and recognize is there's a, a website called starpeaceconsciousness.com. And it's all about how we can shift our perception of the world around us and ourselves so we can actually come more into alignment with our higher self rather than our our sort of uh, programming and how we we can affect change just through our consciousness. It's really Mm -hmm. about everything. My passion's in the entertainment industry. So I work one-to-one with primarily um, actors and actresses turned executive producers who've got that higher consciousness and really want to bring in new narratives into the entertainment industry. So that that kind of thing's all over on rosannahannis.com. But it's mm. anyone who's an influencer, anyone who is, you know, impacting others with their messaging. It's really just going through this journey of taking people right back to those earliest imprints I talked about and supporting a full rewiring. Mm. And for everybody is rosyglow.com. Uh, which, you know, I have a signature program, which is about this rewiring called Fearless, Loved Up and Free to Be Me. But it's specifically for, for those who are awakening to being starseeds. So that's not everyone. It's, you know, not a lot of people are seeing that. My YouTube channel, Rosie Glow, goes into more details around that. Obviously, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, all of that stuff and LinkedIn. I'll give you all those details. But okay. I just want to say thank you, Corinne, because it's we've been talking about this for a little while, and it's really nice that we've had this opportunity to mm-hmm. have this conversation. And I think you rock, sister, and I'm Aww. so glad that you are bringing all of this to this world because it's so needed, mm-hmm. and you are doing it. So thank you for turning mm-hmm. your challenges into this beautiful gift that you're sharing with the world. Well, thank you. That means a lot. I love you too, and I, I just I love that these two things can mesh and um, it doesn't have to be one or the other. I think this whole non-monogamy, it doesn't have to be like a total break from everything that we know or desire or want to be like, it can fit seamlessly if we understand it. And if we shift our programming and if we become authentic to who we are. And I think that that can be so beautiful. And I, I mean, I feel like my life is a testament of that. Like I've gone through some really tough times in the past few years, like really difficult. And I feel like I finally really love who I am and I've come on the other side and I'm just like, I am a beautiful person and not everybody's going to agree with that. And that's okay because all my people are my people and they love me dearly and I wouldn't trade them for the world. So keep being me because I'm drawing the the people that I love to me mm-hmm. and they're going to be friends for life. And that's just how it ends up being, you know, and that's awesome. So awesome. It's so awesome. And I think this is where I'd like to end. This is like, it's a really interesting thing when you go back into 
um, monogamy, but from the perspective that it's a choice. Yes. Like, it's a choice. Like yes. it's, it's not a choice that I'm tied into forever. If right. I said to my beloved, hey, baby, let's just open our minds and hearts to something here. Well, you know, we'd be bang on it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I can do anything. No pun intended. No pun intended. Oh, wow, you're good. But I'm just using <laughs> At this point, to be in what I consider a sacred union with him, it doesn't mean we can't have a sacred union with more than just us. Yeah, yeah. This is us solidifying. And, you know, yeah. I just think that idea that we can all have the, the um, opportunity to explore our edges and come to our mid, mid-center is like that's mm-hmm. how we really get into that authenticness, yeah, which you've yeah. already journeyed. So, yeah. So much love to you. Yay. I'm I'm glad you didn't mention that about because I'm not against monogamy. I just want people to to choose Jeez. it, not just yeah. default to it, right? No, exactly. There's, there's more to relationships than just how we view monogamy. And monogamy can be beautiful, but when we consciously choose yeah. it, it and it, when it's we understand flexi monogamy in my world. <laughs> or or some people call it monogamish. Monogamish, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'll never Anyways, say never. <laughs> mwah, I love you, dear, and have a great day. And thank you so much for being here. So Bye. much love. So much love. Oh. Love you. Love you too. Take care. Bye. Well, that was just such an incredible conversation with Rosie Glow. I just, I hope you got a lot out of it. I just so enjoy these kinds of conversations where we really can just dig deep and talk about things that, you know, we don't often talk about. I mean, where else are you going to talk about childbirth and labor and the pain of childbirth? and relate it to life and how it births new experiences when we (laughs) allow the pain to flow through us. I mean, that's us. We did that. We got to do that. And it was so pertinent, you know, and those of you who haven't had the pleasure of birthing children um, won't experience that. However, in life, we do experience painful moments. And the more we run away from these painful moments, the more difficult sometimes life can be. And it is a great analogy because that is so, so, so true. The more we tense up, the more we fight the pain, the more painful it is. And um, yeah, it's just, you know, so many, so many challenges in life um, that if we can learn to flow through them are just so much easier to deal with. So I would like to challenge you to face your fears and to really get down to, you know, how do you feel in your body about things and what is it that's holding you back and where do you think, um, where do you think your views of sexuality started from and, and where are those beliefs and those ideas holding you back from having conversations that you need to have with people from experiencing things that you want to experience. So these are some of the things I want to just challenge you to think through. Well, I'm going to sign off for now. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being with me. And I'll see you next week at 9 a.m. on Wednesday morning. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week. Love you.
Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Corrine Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at CorrineBedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.